on the line is Becky Emery, Department Operations Center Manager, and Adrian Thompson and Nash Gonzalez, the co-directors of the county's effort to, uh, I think you called it the vaccine task force, but to create clinics, uh, and these are public clinics that are set up specifically for administering the COVID vaccine. So welcome to all of you. Thank you so much for, for being on the air today. Thank you, Alicia. We always appreciate the opportunity <laughs> to share with our community. Is that better? That's it. Oh, yes. Thank great, you. Great. Great. So uh, Dr. Korn, unfortunately, was not able to join us today. So I am going to give our update if that's works. Uh, currently, we have 300 people in Mendocino County that are in isolation in their homes, 15 in the hospital, which includes one person in the intensive care unit. Um, certainly, we are watching our intensive care unit numbers very, very closely. And Mendocino County has a 31% vacancy in our, in our uh, county. Uh, ICUs, and so that's really great comparatively to many regions of the state where there are zero or very, very low numbers. Uh, additionally, um, we have 312 people that are currently in quarantine, and uh, there have been 31 people in Mendocino County that have passed away from COVID. Uh, we have seen a significant increase in that in the last week and a half. Uh, and so our total number in Mendocino County is 2,751 people that have had COVID-19 since this event began. Um, and we are continuing to work through these efforts with our community partners. Uh, we have had multiple outbreaks, as Dr. Corrin shared uh, on the call earlier, uh, working very closely with one of the largest outbreaks with the Sheriff's Department. They've had 94 people that have tested positive. Uh, of those, uh, 59 of the people in the, that have been in the jail have recovered. So they have 22 still positive there, and uh, of their staff, 12 have recovered, and they have one still positive that they're working through. Um, additionally, we have uh, an outbreak at Mayakama of four people, uh, and did uh, are doing outbreak testing next week. Uh, Safeway has had five employees that have tested positive in Willits, and I want to be really clear because we have multiple Safeways in Mendocino County, so it is the Willits Safeway that we're referring to. There have been five employees that have tested positive and we did outbreak testing in the Willits uh, Senior Center. Thank you very much to them for being a great partner uh, earlier today. And then at the Round Valley Casino, we've had four employees there that have tested positive and there are other positives within that community. And we are doing outbreak testing in Round Valley today from one to four also at the casino. So we are working very diligently to respond quickly to all of the urgent needs throughout Mendocino County uh, and making sure that we are continuing our efforts. As Dr. Corrin said, we have had to uh, modify the way that we are responding to isolation and quarantine and individuals in isolation we are calling and getting them placed into isolation very quickly and for those individuals that are in isolation we are asking them to contact their close contacts and notify them that they need to go into quarantine uh, so that we can get the next person placed into isolation as quickly as possible just to give an example uh, yesterday we had 50 positive uh, tests that we had to place in isolation in addition to the 300 people that are in isolation already that we're calling and checking to make sure that they're doing okay. So it's a, an immense workload and, and I really appreciate everyone's efforts. Uh, why don't I go ahead and turn to Nash Gonzalez, our vaccine, uh, one of our vaccine leads, and uh, have him do an update on our vaccines. 
All right. Thank you, Becky. So what I really want to focus on is what we did yesterday. And I'm going to go back to December 22nd, when in a five year, or excuse me, a five hour period, we did approximately 77 vaccines through the county clinic. However, yesterday, roughly in about the same amount of time, we were able to ramp that up to about 284 uh, vaccines. So that came through a process of A, doing it safely, B, making sure that all the paperwork is being done, but it was a coordinated effort of the team and the nurses. Uh, through a lot of input and trying to work things out, we were able to ramp up and speed it up. And so as we move on, we're continuously improving our process. Adrian, I don't know if you want to go ahead and add to that, but uh, yeah, I give a lot of credit to Adrian because she's actually that logistical person uh, running up and down on the floor and making sure that everybody's getting uh, vaccinated, timers are going and uh, coordinating with the EMTs and so on. Thank you, Becky. We have a great team with our vaccine team in general, and we had a lot of help from our supporters yesterday also. NCO, the city of Ukiah has helped out tremendously and partnered with us. So we have a great group of partners in this county with all of the clinics, MCHC, all of our volunteers that come from NCO that are um, disaster service worker volunteers. We get multiple nurses and doctors willing to help out and it's really a group effort. So yesterday it was very nice. We ran out of all the vaccines in the county. That's what we want to hear. <laughs> yes, for a short time there was nothing. I, I only had to turn away two people though. At the very end of the day, we had four vaccines left and six people at the door. So it was a great turnout and we're looking forward to ramping it up even more next week as we hope for further vaccine deliveries. Well, and that's great news. And I know that everybody listening is asking, wondering the same question. Uh, how do I get in on this? Um, and so I realize that you are, you have been building the infrastructure and testing it out and trying to ramp it up so that we can actually vaccinate in scale, right? We've got 60,000 people uh, as our benchmark to, to get to, to vaccinate. 85,000 would be great, but we're going for 60,000. Um, and so how now... Are you, do you have a scheduling process or a sign-up process that uh, people can start? It's, we were talking last night with the new second district supervisor, uh, Mo Mulhern, and she was talking about populating a schedule now so that if something like a refrigerator breaks down, you've got the list of who's next and who needs to be called immediately. Can you give us a window into that kind of planning? How are you planning scheduling? Sure. So we're hoping to launch an online scheduling system. Right now we're testing out a couple different forms of software instead of doing it the old-fashioned way where we're sending out Excel sheets and hoping to gather appointments or just calling organizations as we might come to in those tiers because we are regulated by those state phases and tiers. And so we're currently completing phase 1A, which is tiers 1 through 3, and opening into 1B in those tiers. And that's going to be a much larger workload, and we know that that's coming it has food and ag and all the EMS, law enforcement, schools, and all of those teachers. So it's a very large group, and we're trying to get that online scheduling software loaded. Once we pick that, we'll put it on our website, is my hope, when that web page is done. And then the people in those phases, we can say, go schedule your appointments. We can run a report and just be at the door, check ID, and just do mass vaccinations that way. That's great. So we were hearing uh, Becky announced that the county's vaccine website is going live today or Monday. Uh, so this scheduling app would be part of that website. It's not ready yet. We're doing some testing 
I do know that I've tested it myself, but the reporting out is not optimal yet, and I need to be able to pull those reports by names and appointments. So the scheduling is not completed. We're still doing some of the old-fashioned emailing and posting of appointments right now, but soon. All right. And can you tell us the name of the website so that we can bookmark it for when it goes live? Sure. The website, you know, it will be on our COVID-19, Mendocino County's COVID-19 website, uh, and it will be another page added in there for the novel coronavirus, and it will be the vaccines. And so, okay, so it'll be, be a link. I haven't put it on there yet, but it will be in the same place that everybody has been very comfortable and, and going. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's our intent. And then it will include, once that uh, module, as Adrian stated, is up and running, it will include the link to that as well. And then it'll kind of have a way to sort you into your tier, do you think? We, we have the tiers will be posted on it. Um, it's got several things that we're looking to post. As I said, the tiers, uh, also a, a pictorial that will show where we are in those tiers so that people can see really clearly, okay, this is where Mendocino County is and moving forward, where am I at? And also the definition of the various tiers to be able to identify themselves and figure out where they're coming in and um, and then to be able to schedule appointments appropriately based on that, uh, whether it's through one of the mass clinics that we do for, you know, those first responders, the essential workers, or through their own clinic, uh, community health clinic, their doctor, all of those en entities as well. And when do you expect vaccines to be at the community clinics different than the vaccine clinics that you're organizing, but the, the community clinics where many of us have our primary care doctors? When can we think about starting to call to make an appointment at our own clinics? You know, the clinics are all signing up. We've been working very closely with them. They've been signing up to get vaccines. The state is in the process of rolling those out to the clinics. Uh, I think it is coming very, very quickly. Uh, I believe that they uh, hopefully will be able to order as early as next week with a week delay in that shipment. Um, and again, though, the clinics, you know, our, our community clinics are very ethical as well and sticking to the tiers. And so I really want to make sure that people are, are informed on those tiers. That's part of why it's so urgent that we get our website up. Um, and the clinics are a great partner for that. And um, they also are, are following that same tier guidance and working with their uh, their clients as well. Great. Okay, one more question before we open the phone lines. Um, I am curious about testing in the county and, and scheduled testing events. So if you, Becky, have that information in front of you, I sure would appreciate it. I, and if you could tell us where to find it on the website. Certainly. So again, we do have our website that has the testing and uh, the important piece there is it's got a two phase piece for it. So there's regular uh, the testing information and then there's a second page that is local surveillance testing. Uh, we do need to update our page and we're doing that uh, currently. Uh, so we'll be working on that as well uh, to make sure that it has the most current information. But currently testing is available in the Ukiah area at the uh, Ukiah Redwood Empire Fairgrounds seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, we also have testing in Fort Bragg at the Veterans, um, excuse me, the Veterans Hall. And that testing is on Tuesdays. It starts at uh, 9 a.m. and they do 165 tests. And uh, if they haven't completed those, then they stay until 5 p.m. So it just depends on that particular piece. Uh, we are uh, also have been doing uh, our traveling team has been doing surveillance testing in Point Arena and Anderson Valley. They did Point Arena this morning at the Point Arena Veterans Hall uh, from 9 to 11 and then shifted over to Anderson Valley at the fairgrounds. So we have a new location in Anderson Valley and they are there today from 2 to 6 p.m. 
Uh, again, that is through the OptumServe, and so it's still the same website and information. They just don't have an appointment. They go in and they uh, uh, use their patient ID number that OptumServe has identified for them, and uh, and then they get their tests. So we are looking at uh, moving the, the traveling team around some more, and uh, we'll have that shortly out to the community as well because we know that everyone is very anxious for that. Yeah, especially as the the numbers are going up uh, in the county. I noticed, though, that the numbers aren't, they're sort of going down in terms of the number of active cases and the number in quarantine. We did have a higher peak a couple of weeks ago. We did. Uh, However, you know, we just got past the holidays. And so we do expect that peak to go back up again. And so we're worried about that. Of course, we certainly hope that it doesn't, Um, you know, and, and I would just remind everybody two months ago, we were in the red tier. Right. You know, so just really, we control this as a community and as a group and an effort and um, really about making sure that we are hyper vigilant in our distancing and masking and hand washing. And that's really our best way to, to be able to offset this. Uh, one of the other things I would just share really quick as far as testing ability, uh, some of our clinics, um, Men- uh, Mendocino Coast Clinic and um, Mendocino uh, Hillside Clinic, Uh, have both received uh, color kits and so they are looking at doing um, events and being able to use those with their uh, community as well. I know Mendocino Coast Clinic is is talking about doing uh, an an additional surveillance event for uh, Fort Bragg and what that will look like and so I really uh, appreciate those partnerships of our clinics. Right, and Mendocino Coast Clinics has gotten to reinstate their weekly surveillance testing for the community. It's free, it's drive-through, and you have to call to make a, an appointment uh, on Wednesdays and Thursdays, I believe, and that, that number is 964-1251. So um, if we had a little sort of dip in the testing availability, it seems like it's coming back online uh, with great success so that's good all right let's go ahead and open up the phone lines i know people have a lot of questions for you um we have adrian thompson and nash gonzalez here along with becky emery these are the people who know what's happening with vaccines in the county so uh, definitely this is your opportunity the number here in the studio is 707-895-2448 and we'll take our first call good afternoon caller you're live on the air Hi, I'm calling because um, I was listening to the availability coming up for um, scheduling online for getting your vaccinations and that you'd also be reaching out to calling organizations. But my question is, one, what if you can't get online? And the other question I had is, I am in the next phase 1B Tier 1 food worker at one of our community food banks, and when I went on to the California website, it said that I would be notified by my employer, similar to where was our Phase 1, where you had to get on a list in order to be um, vaccinated. So I am wondering how this is going to roll out, and uh, as a food worker at the food bank does my employer's organization need to contact you will i be able to sign up on my own and what if you cannot get uh internet access i so appreciate your work hi thank you this is adrian thompson so there is potential for those um, organizations and food workers that if we do not have the online ready 
we will call places and potentially have open door policies. So we're working on organizing a day where it could be, this is just a hypothetical, but we'll say Wednesday from 9 to 3.30, all food workers bring two forms of ID that show you are working at a food bank or working at a grocery store and you have a driver's license or ID card. If you can show us those two things, we have open door hours at our mass vaccination clinic for these essential workers. And we haven't set any guidelines on that as a discussion at this point because we have such a rural county. But that is what we're looking at if we're unable to launch an online scheduler and we can't contact everyone in those tiers in time, but we do have the vaccines available that we would reach out to certain employers and they could spread the word or contacts in some way to spread it to say, here's an open door for these people in these phases that are available for vaccines. And what would they need, like a pay stub or something like that? Yes. So um, some organizations have a photo badge and some organizations won't issue a photo badge, but they can use a pay stub. This way we're able to identify and make sure that we're getting the right folks into the right tiers vaccinated when they should be. So a food worker uh, in some cases has a badge, uh, otherwise they can just bring in a pay stub and their driver's license and we'll use those. All right, great, let's take our next call. Good afternoon, caller, you are live on the air. Hello, caller, you're live on the air. Yes, hi. Um, my husband is an essential worker. He's a real estate appraiser, and so he's going in and out of people's homes daily. And um, But he, his local physician's office just informed us that they will not be doing vaccinations out of their office. And so I'm wondering what his options are to get a vaccine elsewhere because his primary care physician is not offering that service as of a couple days ago that I inquired about that. So how should he go about uh, getting, because he's pretty high risk. He's 68 years old. He's in and out of people's homes um, doing his job. So um, I can take the answer on the air. All right. Thanks, caller. Okay. Hi, this is Adrian. I would say when those tiers are open, he's more than welcome to come to the mass vaccination clinics when we have that availability. Again, we should hopefully have the online scheduler so when his tier is open, if it's the over 68 or 74 in that tier or the essential worker, whichever tier qualifies first, he could schedule for the county events. That looks like it would be the uh, phase 1B tier 2. Okay, great. Thanks for that. Uh, Let's take another call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Good afternoon. I have a testing question. I have epilepsy, and it's just not an option to have a six-inch thing put up my nose. And I'm wondering about other options. And I've heard about sewage testing, and I'm wondering if I could have a urine test or something like that. So I'm not aware of any urine tests. I do know they have modified the tests for the PCR, and it's no longer um, quite so deep into the nasal passage. Uh, And so it's a mid-turbinate and only goes uh, uh, a couple of inches into the nasal passage, if that. Um, So I would really encourage you to look at the other options that are there. I believe that the mid-turbinate is available at the OptumServe in the Ukiah Uh, at the Ukiah Redwood Empire Fairgrounds. I don't know where you're at, color, but uh, there are other options for the testing um, that are not as as deep as the initial PCR test that we did. 
Oh, okay. Very good. All right. Well, I'll discuss this further with my doctor. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, caller. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Hi. I have a question about um, OptumServe. I'm wondering if somebody has a positive test result, if they will try um, how many different ways they'll try to contact that person with their positive test result. Thank you. I'll take my answer off the air. So when a positive test result is reported to our offices through the uh, CalReady system, we contact that individual. We repeatedly contact that individual. However, the way that we reach out is by phone. And so it's super important that our community places the correct phone number on their information plan uh, because that's the information that gets passed on through the labs. We do not receive addresses initially uh, and or may not, depending on which lab. And we also... Uh, don't necessarily receive email information. And so the, the phone number and the name and the date of birth are super important that people are putting the correct information on those uh, so that we can reach out and let those individuals know that they have tested positive. Uh, we do continue to try and reach that individual for the period of their isolation uh, until we are able to connect with them and place them into isolation. However, if um, after 10 days of making efforts or, or you know what that determinant is, uh, we do reach a point where we are um, moving forward with the next next group of people as they have recovered. All right, and then I do know from experience that OptumServe has a, a you have a, a, a sort of a page on um, on their website, and so you can go there and find all of your test results as PDFs. They do text and they do email, as far Absolutely. as, as I've you. experienced. All right, let's take our next call. Good afternoon, caller. You're live on the air. Hello. Hi, go ahead, caller. I am 75 years old. I live in Mendocino, and I do not drive. And I am wondering about when uh, the vaccines will be available to me in Mendocino. Okay, that was not working. <laughs> Call back caller. The line is 895-2448. I'm sorry I didn't get to that faster. Our emergency phone rang, which I have to answer. So excuse me for that. Um, there wasn't an emergency. Uh, here's our next caller. Hello, caller. You're live on the air. Yes, I have some information. Uh, I have spoken to two patients at nursing homes, one at uh, Redwood Cove and one at... Uh, Ukiah Post Acute, and they have both received their vaccine. So I thought that Dr. Korn said that they hadn't been inoculated yet, but I just want to give the information. They have been. Yay. Thank you so much. That's Ground wonderful control. news. Yeah, really. Well, and for the the refrigerator broken day, some vaccines did go over to the um, skilled nursing facilities. And uh, right, I know that when they went to the jail, they did not go to inmates. But when they went to the skilled nursing facilities, they did go to patients, not just staff. Isn't that right? You know, I honestly don't know. I do know that the hospital shared with us that they did distribute, I believe, around 70 vaccines to the local skilled nursing facilities. But as far as how or who, who those were administered to, I'm not sure. Uh, so that would certainly be a question for either the hospital or even the skilled nursing facility. Okay, we'll follow up on that. Thanks. Let's take our next call. Good afternoon, mm -hmm. caller. You're live on the air. Hi. Um, yeah, I have a question and, uh, and a comment. So would you 
uh, clarify one more time about the traveling uh, testing uh, thing. And, and were you saying that you don't need to make an appointment for the one that's coming up in uh, the fairgrounds in Anderson Valley? Is that what you said earlier? So, yeah, yes, for the traveling you. team, they do not make an appointment. That's correct. And it is at the Anderson Valley Fairgrounds today from 2 uh, to 6. Now, you, you do need an LHI Optum number, which you can get by either calling uh, the um, LHI phone number or by um, going on their website and registering for the uh, Optum LHI uh, uh, website. Um, I can give you the phone number. It's 888 888- well, Hold on a second. Well, oh, sure. uh, that's I did. I did actually earlier today do that. I registered and got a number. I was trying to find out where the next uh, traveling team was going to be so I could schedule my my thing, and it was very unclear. I mean, you say you tell people to go to the website, the county website, and then you need to go to LHI to register. But there's no way to. There's no clear way there to figure out. The schedule for the testing, uh, and I understand. I heard just heard you say that you're going to you're revamping that, and I hope that it'll be clearer because it uh, it really confused me. I was there was no way I could find out, or I didn't I couldn't figure it out how to find out when the traveling team was going to be anywhere, or even other you know any of the other uh, Optum served sites. It was it was uh, not very clear, and I you know I tried to I uh, went to the county website and all that and. It was confusing. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, um, we definitely I, need I, like a a clearinghouse with all the testing through the county. I was trying to find that to announce it as well, and and was not not able to navigate it either. So thanks for that caller. Another thing for the list. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> another but, to do. Tra- important. Important, and I appreciate that feedback. The traveling tests are you don't make an appointment, but you need a registration number. That, that that's correct. correct. Yes, it All is. Right, thank, thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot, Claire. All right. Let's take uh, one or two more calls. Okay. Well, that took care of that. Uh, here we go. Good afternoon, caller. You are live on the air. Yeah. Hi. Um, my name's Carl. I live in Willits. Um, the other day, I was in a Safeway. Turn it off, Kathy. Turn it off, please. Yeah. Okay. I was at Safeway the other day, and... Um, using the restroom and uh, waiting to use the restroom. Uh, some guy, some young kid was in there, and it sounded like he was getting sick. So I waited outside, and he and he came out then. I doubt if he washed his hands even, and he had a Safeway T-shirt on that said Safeway on it. No mask or anything. I was through the restroom and came out, and lo and behold, there he is working in the Donna Contestant session. So what do we do about that? Okay, thanks for that call, caller. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> bye. Bye-bye. Any comments? Well, I'm very sorry to hear that that uh, was your experience. Thursday. Um, what I would say is that, you know, certainly there is an outbreak at the Safeway Willits. We are working with them. Uh, our environmental health has done a walkthrough, is making recommendations, and that we are working very diligently with them to uh, mitigate and offset any of those um 
situations and to make sure that, you know, one of the things that we have found also is that uh, people are not wearing their masks correctly or, uh, and so with that, we are encouraging people to um, tighten the ear straps on their masks when they are consistently falling below their nose. Uh, and so I, I do appreciate the caller's concerns. Um, there are a lot of things that uh, we are certainly working with each of um, our, our community partners to make sure that they are uh, implementing and, and uh, making sure that we are mitigating the risks to any of our community. And if you're sick, don't go to work. Yes, thank you. Bottom line. Okay, let's take one more call. See what awaits us on the phone lines. Good afternoon, caller. You are live on the air. Hi, I'll uh, turn off my radio. Hang on. Um, I had a question. I put it on an email, but now that I've got through, I'm happy. I was one of the lucky people that got vaccinated due to the hospital uh, refrigerator system going down. And my question is, um, if so we were vaccinated with Moderna, we have a card. My question is, if in three weeks when we're supposed to get number two, it doesn't come in or Pfizer comes in, um, what do we do? Uh, will you mix the vaccine? What happens if you don't get it three weeks after the first one? And um, I'll, I guess I can hang up the phone and take my question on the air. Great question, caller. Thank you. And congratulations oh, for being one of the lucky golden ticket winners. Do not have the vaccinations mixed. When you received your vaccination, it was either Pfizer or Moderna. Make sure that whatever you get as a second dose is the same vaccination that you got the first one. And we understand that, for example, the Pfizer, it's 21 days, the Moderna is 28 days, it could be a couple extra days in there. Uh, so I think the vaccine has some wiggle room for, uh, I want to say, four extra days or so. so. And we are expecting additional vaccinations coming into the county. But please do not mix those vaccinations. That's one of the things that we've done through the county clinic is we're making sure that the paperwork is in order and well done so that those vaccinations cards show what vaccine you received and what lot number and date and so on. And, and so we have a, a, a call it protocols in place that after the vaccination is administered, one of us on the floor goes out there, looks at the card, initials the card, and that's another opportunity for us to make sure that all the info's on those cards. And then we tell people, you got this type of vaccination, come back in this many days uh, and you'll be notified. All and right. I can just say that from that freezer outage at the hospital, it was Moderna. So you have a 28-day turnaround, plus or minus four. So around February 1st, you should be receiving your second dose of Moderna. And I would expect that to come from the hospital supply, since it was the hospital's freezer. I would not expect you to come to a county mass vaccination clinic because we did not do your first dose. So you're going to be receiving your second dose from who you got your first dose. All right. Terrific. And she she hung up and listened to your answer on the air. So she's um, we'll just assume that she got it. So we are at three thirty. So we're going to go ahead and let you go. Really appreciate it. That was Nash Gonzalez, Adrian Thompson and Becky Emery from the county. I hope we have a chance to talk with you more as this rollout really ramps up. And you said maybe we're going to be up to eighteen hundred doses a week. Um, is that right, Adrian? 
that's what we would like to vaccinate to get through the county because if you think about 80,000 people, we have two doses. So really it's 160,000 vaccines. Right. But we can only go so fast as the state delivers. And so right now that goal is not there because our vaccines only come in allotments of usually 975 on a Pfizer and then in boxes of 400 per Moderna, depending on how many boxes. Um, so it all depends on the state, but we'll go as fast as we possibly can with a vaccine available. Keep those refrigerators empty. <laughs> I can tell you that the team was so excited yesterday when we hit that magic 200 mark during the day that I think if if we had had more vaccines on hand, we could have done double what we did yesterday just because there was a lot of energy in the room. Amazing. I know I feel it. I really do. And uh, can you just imagine sort of lining up until it's done kind of thing, just keeping it going and, and p- getting people vaccinated would be just amazing. I can tell you that as we were checking folks in at the door at Carl Purdy Hall, the line was out to the gate. So the much for lot. vaccine hesitation here in Mendocino County. We, yeah. we want this thing. No, people want it. All right. Well, can't thank you enough for your amazing work that you're doing. And uh, we're, we're blown away and we can't wait to hear more. So thanks so much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Alicia, for the opportunity. We'll talk with you next week, probably, Becky, right? I'll be here. All right. <laughs> Thanks. All right. So this has been our live call-in Q&A uh, coronavirus update here on KZYX with Nash Gonzalez and um, Adrian Thompson of the Vaccine Task Force. They're setting up the clinics and with Becky Emery of the Department Operations Center. Uh, thanks so much for everybody for calling. I hope that was informative. Uh, we'll be back next Friday with more from the county. Of course, tune in Mondays and Wednesdays from 3 to 3.30 for the local coronavirus update with Dr. Drew Colfax. All of these are open lines for you to be able to call in and ask your questions. And um, yeah, I guess we are just getting to the getting closer and closer to the light at the end of the tunnel here with the vaccines. Very exciting news. Have a very safe and wonderful weekend, everyone. And uh, we'll be back with you on Monday. I'll be back with Dr. Colfax. You've been listening to the local coronavirus update from KZYXNZ Mendocino County Public Broadcasting in Philo, California. This podcast is made possible by funding from the Mask Awareness Project of North Coast Opportunities. To hear this program live, tune in on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time to KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Williton Ukiah at 91.5 FM, and in Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Or you can hear us anywhere at kzyx.org, where you can also find out how to donate or become a KZYX member. Thanks for listening.